The trade deadline is no big deal for the Braves. You can't force deals, right? So look, there's plenty of deals. We could have been here and say we acquired three players, four players. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter, Justin Toscano. And uh, Justin, I, I, I guess this will not be one of our hour-long shows. No, no, I don't think so. This is just on the trade deadline, and the Braves only made a few moves, though I feel that they strengthened the depth a lot and addressed areas in which they needed. Um, so I, I thought the Braves had a good deadline, even if it wasn't you know, as splashy as some fans would hope. All right, coming up on our trade deadline special, we will break down the moves that the Braves did make on August 1st and why they didn't make any more, plus how the rest of the league is stacking up now that the dust has settled, and we've got the answers to your questions in a special Ask Justin segment. This is your first time listening to our podcast, where we are happy to have you, and please make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger, and if you're a parent, you do not need me to remind you that school has started or is about to start for the grade schoolers in Metro Atlanta. And if you need to make any last-minute purchases or last-minute run to fill out your kid's school supply list, head to your local Kroger store. They've got more than 250 items at 3 bucks or less, and some for just a dollar. So find the deals now at Kroger.com school or head to your local Kroger store today. All right, Alex Anthopoulos, take us through the day. You just don't know what's going to present itself. Like every, all 30 teams were engaged in talking and we went through so many different scenarios and so many deals and you just don't know what you're going to come away with. So uh, we knew we wanted to get someone established for that bench role in Lopez. Um, we knew we wanted to do some things in the bullpen. So getting Pierce Johnson is just a little earlier. Um, and then, you know, having a third left-hander, just Dylan Lee is going to be starting a rehab assignment real soon here. AJ's already back. Um, just having a third option out of the bullpen from the left side, you know, there's something early, you know, just gives Snit another option. And look, the next two months and even into three, you just don't know um, with health and performance and things like that. I mean, even in the postseason, we've had a lot of guys go, go down. So, uh, you know, after today, we can't do anything else really. And uh, you're just trying to insulate yourself. Justin, you were trying to warn everybody on our special live show last week and Monday's episode that, you really didn't expect a huge move to happen, and it didn't. Yeah, just because I thought that the avenue wasn't there. Well, maybe, let's say this, perhaps the avenue was there, but I didn't think that it was overly likely because I thought the prices would be pretty high, and if the Braves wanted to pay those, great, they would have paid them. Clearly, they did not want to. Um, clearly, they did not line up on a few things, and... Today, we received a little bit of the explanation, right, Jay? So with in regards to, you know, a starting pitcher, Alex Anthopoulos said that, look, he asked the athletic training staff, the medical staff about Kyle Wright, Max Fried, Jesse Chavez, Dylan Lee, those guys, you know, are they going to be able to come back? When are they going to come back? Will they be effective? There are so many things they dive into. Ultimately, uh, Anthopoulos said the Braves just really felt like these guys were one going to return when expected and two would perform at their prior levels uh, so that you know that might be oversimplifying it a, a little bit but to me the Braves is you know op, you know decision to not add a starting pitcher for example just said to me that look they think Max Fried and Kyle Wright are going to be Max Fried and Kyle Wright down the stretch for them um, and they think that 
those guys will perform to their prior levels. And so, yeah, that's I, I cautioned it just because I don't think, I know the Braves are very, very conscious of preserving the future as much as they are strengthening the present. And we saw them do that delicate dance. They add two relievers. They add a utility infielder. They upgraded the roster for sure. They upgraded the roster's floor for sure. Um, could they have made a splash? Sure. But it probably would have taken a lot of prospect capital that they did not want to trade. And they're a team in a really, really good position right now. And they've got to balance that present with that future. Alex Anthopoulos did allude to the fact that there were offers on the table. There were deals that could have been made. You can't force deals, right? So look, there's plenty of deals. We could have been here and say we acquired three players, four players uh, for a bunch of prospects that we really like. And maybe there's a halo effect for that, but three years from now, we might look back and say those would have been terrible deals for us. So um, with how we view our guys and the determinations that we made, we feel good with what was available to us. With, with the prices that, that starting pitchers were commanding and even some relievers, you know, you know, Alex says there were deals out there. Do you really think they had enough to get something done and have anything left in their farm system? <sighs> yeah, that you... You kind of said the operative phrase at the end, right? Have anything left in the farm system? That's a delicate balance. These, this is a team that traded for Matt Olson, you know, last spring, traded for Sean Murphy last winter. Um, the Braves, you know, have have made trades, and, and really because of graduations over the last several years, like, and those trades, the farm system isn't very strong. I mean, I still think they have great prospects at the top for sure. Um, and do they have guys that we're not even thinking about as good prospects right now? Yeah, of course. Uh, of course they do. You just would have to do your homework on the system. But I do believe Alex when he says that they had the players this year, as they do every year, he says, to acquire anybody. I believe that's true. That's not the issue. The, the kind of the operative term is <laughs> what would they be willing to give up for, you know, for the players that they wanted to acquire I think that's probably where this came in, where they, you know, they made determinations on these guys and they were like, you know what, these are guys that can impact us in 2024, can impact us in 2025, can impact us in 2026. And right now, player X is not worth giving up that future. Jay, these guys have a really, really, you know, open championship window right now. Their title odds are very high for 2023, but they've built a sustainable core and to supplement that you need a farm system. Like you're not going to be able to pay everybody on your roster 20 to $22 million a year. It doesn't work like that. You've got to add from your farm system. You've got to have homegrown talent. You've got to fill in those gaps where you can with that homegrown talent. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, Alex mentioned today that in 2018, Max Fried's name came up in conversations and Jay, this was long before he was Max Fried, ace of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Spencer Strider has come up in conversations throughout the years. Michael Harris, um, Kyle Wright. Ultimately, the Braves decided to keep those guys. Um, their evaluations on them were correct and they made the correct determinations there. Um, and that's what you hope for today, right? Like, I know that doesn't do fans any justice in the moment because as a fan, like, of course you would want these splashy jaw-dropping moves, right? But, you know, I can pretty much guarantee you the team will be better in three or four years because of the decisions made uh, in this last week, in the last two weeks 
Um, the Braves have a pretty good track record with this, and they're you know going to let it you know roll again. And I think that's what it was about is preserving the top end of that farm system and the guys that can help them soon and uh, far out. And Alex admitted that you know the price was kind of high for them because his medical folks felt pretty good that the injured arms are going to be healthy when it's time to go. You know, there was a lot of stuff that was out there. We definitely checked in on some starters, no doubt about it. What made it a little more challenging for us is, you know, and I, I'm checking with the staff, with the training staff all the time and trying to get a sense of how confident are they that guys come back, that when they do come back, how effective they'll be, how likely it would be a return to their previous level of play. So, you know, our, our staff is very um, encouraged and very optimistic on Kyle Wright, on Dylan Lee, on Chavez. I mean, they're, they're pretty confident. So, um, you know, knowing that there's a high, high likelihood those guys are going to be back soon and uh, at the level that they were prior, it made the bar higher for us, right? Those are really good relievers. It's a really good starter. So the bar was higher for us to add. We would have done it if we could find an impact starter um, and then just dealt with six starters when Kyle came back and just make the adjustments. So having too many good players isn't, isn't a problem. And I guess there really were not a lot of pitchers, not named Justin Verlander, that uh, would have met that bar uh, for the Braves to go after that were dealt today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. He's a marquee one that you can think of that was dealt today. And that, I mean, it's a really high bar, right? Because if you're going to be trading the prospect value, you don't really want to go halfway in and dip a couple toes into the pool with a move like that you would want to go I would think you would want to go all the way in um and yeah they it it they had a high bar and the fact that they decided against that look there's a lot of corporate you know gobbledygook that we have to sort through with trade you know trade deadline stuff or when executives speak whatever but I do really believe that if the Braves needed to acquire an impact starter to bolster their chances at a World Series if they didn't feel like they could be there without one, I think they would have done it because right now they've got as good of a chance as they've ever had in their history of bringing home a World Series. Um, So the fact that what this tells me is, yeah, one, those prices were high, but the fact that they didn't didn't acquire one of those guys or or anyone for that matter to, to enter the rotation tells me that, man, they must feel really good about Max Fried and Kyle Wright. But... The obvious question here is like, how risky is that? Like, it, it's definitely a risk. I mean, that's going to be the debate, right? Like, I think whether it's fair or not, we will dissect this brave season whenever it ends. Um, you know, and, and we will look at what they did at the deadline. And people will, as I said, fair or not, uh, you will have a lot of pundits and a lot of you know radio people and hot take artists or even media like whoever. They will dissect this when it ends of, you know, if the Braves have an early exit, they will ask the question, you know, should they have done more at the deadline? I don't know. That's conversation. You know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out over the next few months. But this tells me that they're really, really confident in Max Fried and Kyle Wright. And that bar, as you said, Jay, was really, really high, as they mentioned. One thing the Braves have done to try to ensure that, though, is continue to load up on the bullpen Almost to the point where they're running out of seats out there. Uh, you'd rather overbook a little bit and realize that it'll probably work itself out. And if you're in a jam and you have a good problem, then that's a great position to be in. Brad Hand uh, is coming over to Atlanta. 
and he makes himself now what? There's like eleven to thirteen possible guys now that could be on the in the playoff bullpen, and most of them are pretty good. Yeah, this is a really really strong group. So I was talking to Kirby Yates today, um, and he said that he was actually speaking recently to ESPN reporter Tim Kirkjian, and Kirby said that they were talking about how World Series teams, you know, recently, and and a lot of them they really thrive on their strong bullpens. That becomes a huge factor. And I asked Snit about that today, uh, Braves manager Brian Snicker, and he said, yeah, that was that was the case for us in 2021. Uh, that was the reason we won a World Series, is what he said. I think they're, you know, and, and Kirby told me that he thinks they've accomplished that with this team, where you've got just multiple elite late-inning guys. You've, got, you've just got guy after guy that every time that door swings open, it's going to be a guy with some good stuff. Um, I really, really think that this is the group you can win with in the postseason. Like, I, I think that they've built that depth, but they have the high-end arms um, for the later innings, especially if Nick Anderson comes back, um, especially if Dylan Lee comes back. Now, adding Brad Hand, um, if Dylan Lee is back soon, that will be a third lefty. Uh, so, I, I mean... Man, they can really mix it and match it however they want, but this is a really, really good bullpen. And, uh, I mean, could you, could you really have asked for anything more here? I mean, there's going to be some good names left off the active roster list. So here's here's like the depth chart. You've got Rysel, Mentor, McHugh, Jimenez, and Yates. That's going to be your core five. Brad Hand makes that six. You're generally only going to carry eight relievers. Next here, Pierce Johnson, Michael Tonkin. That's eight. And you've got Heller and Hernandez, who do have options available. Dylan Lee's on the way back. That brings you to 11. And then Chavez and Nick Anderson, when they come off the DL, that's like two bullpens. Yeah. Um, that's like one bullpen for the postseason and another bullpen if you're playing games at the alternate site like they used yeah. to and you know, in 2020. I, I wouldn't want to be Alex. I wouldn't want to be making the decisions. The Braves, though, we've seen this, Jay, they you've, they've used this as sort of a guiding prism. Uh, they keep their depth. They emphasize depth. So, I mean, I think eventually, especially because he hasn't been lights out, Daisbel Hernandez goes down probably, you know, gets goes down to AAA. I would think that eventually Ben Heller does as well. Uh, so, you know, I would look at probably Iglesias, Minter, McHugh, Jimenez, Yates, uh, Pierce Johnson, Brad Hand, uh, and Dylan Lee. Who's the odd man out there? Nick Anderson, Jesse Chavez. I mean, I, I you know, I think Nick Anderson will be back uh, in that bullpen when he is ready to go. And let's not forget this. A lot of times these things, um, as Alex said in that answer and that cut we just played uh, as part of that answer, they work themselves out. Uh, you would rather overbook than underbook this you know but the Braves depth wise are set up really 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 well and if you're a contender you know a fellow contender looking at the Braves and the Braves are your main competition I think that's the thing that scares you most these guys have elite talent at the top of their roster but they've also got depth like you're not going to be able to wear them out on the corners on the margins like they have depth like they can bring in guys you know for pretty much any spot like I it's this bullpen. It's going to be fascinating to see how it shapes up in terms of the roster decisions to come over the next couple months. And they get a couple more decent arms in the bullpen. It's not like they had to give up a whole lot. 
No. And then, yeah, Victor Vodnik and Tanner Gordon, you know, neither of those particularly, like, moved the needle uh, for me. Alec Barger, same kind of deal. He's having a nice season, but 25-year-old, and this is no offense to him, like, 25-year-old who has made 30 relief appearances for, you know, double-A Mississippi, having a really nice season. But um, 17th round pick that they were able to get, uh, you know, hand with. So, I mean, nice job by the scouts there. Nice job by Alec and putting himself in that position. Uh, And Jay, I think the story that um, we are not talking enough about is that uh, the Braves acquired Taylor Hearn, (laughs) put him in the bullpen, had him make his Braves debut, saw him give up four runs and only record one out, and then flipped him for Nicky Lopez, who was one of the Royals with any sort of value. Yeah, that was... Uh, well, so what do you think of uh, Nicky Lopez now that you had a chance to talk to him and, and digest that deal a little bit? Yeah, yeah, really good. Uh, really good dude. It seems like um, the Braves really liked his makeup, and they do a lot of work on that. Here's why that's important for that spot specifically. Nicky Lopez is going to come into a situation that he's in now. He's come into the situation where the guys in front of him they play every day. Uh, maybe there's an off day here or there. Maybe he'll you know, make a start here or there down the stretch to give guys some rest. But those guys play pretty much every day. Uh, so barring injury, he's going to spend a lot of time you know, on the bench, a lot of time on the top step. You got to be a high makeup guy. You got to be a good teammate. And that's something he said he's always prided himself on. His parents you know, raised him well, he said. That goes back to when they told him, you know, bust your butt, give 110% in everything, do whatever the team needs. Um, you know, go out there every day and and just do your best and attack everything with open arms uh, is what he said. And that's what he plans to do. He still thinks there's value in being able to play seven positions. He does not want to catch, so he hopes the Braves don't ask him to do that. And a little little fun fact here, he's got an unlimited Chipotle card. I mean, I would I would take that in a heartbeat if he were... <laughs> Winner you know. of the week? Yeah, yeah, I know. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty good one. So... You know what I didn't know went into these things as a quick aside? The people come for the trade deadline talk, but they stay for the fun facts. Um, He can get anything for free there, and he gets free catering for up to 50 people. Wow. But here's the thing. If, you know, I think the Braves would like some free Chipotle, but if I don't think Alex Anthopoulos or or any of the nutritionists or uh, any of the team doctors would, would let him cater Chipotle before an important game. No, no, but uh, no free ads here on the Braves Report podcast. And coming up, uh, did anyone close the gap in the National League with the Braves and uh, what to make of the Mets? This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution presented by Kroger. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show streaming now on AJC.com. 
All right, now don't forget the only way to digest everything that we'll have to offer here for our trade deadline coverage, plus look ahead to the Braves run to the postseason and college football starting up, NFL starting up. It's that time of year again. The only way to get everything we have to offer here at, uh, with the best sports department in Atlanta is to sign up and subscribe to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We do have a sale for you going on right now. Three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents to get everything we have. Again, that's three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. So to join our community and become a part of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. As far as the Braves contenders go, did anybody get any closer? Dodgers did a little bit. So I think I think in the National League, the Dodgers need to start. They get Lance Lynn, right? I think Ahmed Rosario is a nice pickup for them. You know, doesn't move the needle a ton, but is a nice pickup for them. Um, the Brewers, you know, added... Uh, I just don't I, – I think the Braves went into the trade deadline very well positioned. I think they come out of the trade deadline with that same outlook, and that's the way I see it. I don't think anybody made any jaw-dropping moves that, to me, really round out the roster, move the needle to close the gap of the Braves because I do think the Braves improved. It might have been on the margins, but I do think the Braves are better because they added Pierce Johnson, Brad Hand. I do think they're better because they will have Nicky Lopez over, you know, Charlie Culberson for an emergency situation um, that could arise. I think they will be better for having Max Freed and Kyle Wright back. Um, and, I, and I think, I still think their starter depth is really good compared to a lot of teams and a lot of, a lot of their contenders. Um, I don't think anybody did anything meaningful to close the gap. And I don't think, there's any other front runner in the NL right now uh, that you can point to other than the Braves. I mean, you can say the Dodgers are playing well. That is very true. Um, you can point to, I don't know, you know, whether you want the Reds, the Brewers, the Phillies, whatever, you know, those, there are contenders to the Braves. But I think right now the Braves are the best positioned team in the NL because of their talent and their depth. They only added to that depth over these last week. Astros and Rangers won the deadline? Yeah, man. I mean, I think... I was really, it was really nice to see the Rangers do what they did uh, because their fans are, have obviously been very excited over this season. This is a team that, let's not forget, lost Jacob DeGrom a couple months ago. That seems like a while ago. Seems like a long time ago. They needed starting pitching. They needed bullpen help bad. They addressed their pitching. They're going for it. Uh, the Astros, how about Dana Brown, man? A couple prospects, you know, the Mets trade Verlander and reportedly are giving the Astros uh, a lot of money to kind of to pay down that that deal and uh, in return the Astros gave them a couple gave the Mets a couple prospects I think yeah I think uh, you point to the Astros I think you point to the Rangers man I really like what they did Scherzer and Verlander Scherzer especially is not what he was but I like going for it it's good and Alex mentioned today there's parody there's teams holding on to their players. It was very much a seller's market in terms of, you know, fewer players being available because so many teams feel like they're in the hunt. Uh, this is going to be a very fun couple of months. Um, and I'm, I'm almost wondering if it leads to more activity in the offseason once these bubble teams this season shake out. The Mets appear to have uh, agreed to, to give the Astros and the Rangers, <laughs> give the American League West, 
as much as $73 million uh, to take on Scherzer and Verlander. Wow. Um, my first reaction is they probably threaded the needle as well as they could have with a fire sale. Um, but wow. What, how can I say it in ways we haven't said it? At the outset of this, at the beginning of the season, we sat here and we dissected every single part of the Mets and the Braves rivalry. From position to position, who was better, who would win the division. Jay, we sit here five, six months after that. No Verlander. No Scherzer. No David Robertson. No Mark Canna. No Tommy Pham. It, I mean, it really, really is stunning. You will see a lot of places calling it a colossal failure. It is in a way. They built baseball's most expensive, you know, the most expensive team. And not only will they not make the playoffs, but they will not miss the playoffs by one or two games. They have held a fire sale. That is, it's shocking. It's stunning. On the other hand, because of the market and because they were willing to pay down these deals so much, I really do think they got four or five pretty good prospects this deadline season. And I think that's something that can help them. But wow. I mean, this is a crash and burn if you have ever seen it. All right, now, uh, well, this this segment's never crash and burn. It's the Ask Justin segment where we answer yes. Braves fans' questions on Twitter slash X at Justin C. Toscano. We'll, we, we will not refer to it as X. It's, it's Twitter. All right, fair enough. All right, uh, leading off, Greg Thompson. And uh, Greg writes, really enjoy your podcast. Thank you, Greg. Uh, question, did the Braves do enough at the deadline to put the team in the best position to win? Wow. Well, thanks, Greg, for the nice comment. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. I think they did. Because I think you have to look at that as double-sided, right? Best position to win now? Yeah, like, sure, I guess they could have acquired a top-end starter or, you know, position player that could have paid some ridiculous amount. But to me, that's almost unrealistic because no, hardly any team is going to operate by just really mortgaging all of its future and with the Braves' farm system and the shape it's in that's probably where things would have gone to acquire one of those guys I think they did put the team in the best position to win a World Series in 2023 they are better from the standpoint of you know the roster because they have a better backup infielder they will be getting starting pitchers back they have a better bullpen than they did a week ago this is a bullpen that's still missing Dylan Lee Nick Anderson and Jesse Chavez but you probably feel good about it because they added. Uh, and if Brad Hand is going to be one of the guys who is lowest on the totem pole in that bullpen, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, for a guy who used to be one of the better clothes in the game, his, you know, couple of guys he used to play with, uh, his former teammates, and now his teammates again with, told me today his stuff is still good. Uh, they're excited about him. They still think he can get big outs uh, for the Braves. I think they positioned themselves, you know, the best they could to win a World Series in 2023, realistically. All right, next up from uh, Spicy Chicken Nugget. Is there anyone on the team still that you are surprised didn't get traded? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I'm maybe not, this is maybe not the active roster, but I expected if a bigger deal was going to get done Vaughn Grissom probably would have been included and I expected if you know some sort of deal would have gotten done for like a starting pitcher I thought Alan Winans would be included because that's a guy you probably those are two guys you probably could have projected as like major league ready for you know a team that 
needs them now, uh, tries to get some upside on them, especially Grissom. Um, and, you know, somebody who wants to give Wines a bigger opportunity. So those are the guys on the 40-man that, that I personally would have pointed to. But I didn't think that it was ever realistic. I know people, you know, fans have speculated, but I didn't think it was ever realistic for the Braves to trade off their major league roster, like trade somebody like Ozuna or, or something like that. And a last one from Carter Smith. Since we didn't get a big trade done for a starter, what are the chances we sign someone like Cease in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think Cease would be a likely trade candidate, uh, but I think an offseason trade for a starting pitcher seemed more likely, maybe to me than than a deadline one, uh, based on it being a seller's market. And I just I just always remember Alex saying that you know he worries about the 2025, 2026, you know, rotation. Uh, obviously, Max Fried is a free agent after next season if the Braves don't extend him before then. Um, they've got to do some work to rebuild this rotation in part. Who knows what happens with Charlie Morton? Um, they do have AJ Smith Schauber. They do have Bryce Elder, but I don't know if it'll be a big ticket signing like $200 million, but I could see, you know, I could see a significant trade, uh, for a starting pitcher perhaps, um, or, you know, a somewhat significant signing. Sure. All right. So that's it. Last third of the season. No more roster moves to discuss unless there's some random DFAs or, or releases. Everybody's got what they got. Let's go. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there, Jay, there used to be the old times were kind of wild because you used to be able to like pass somebody through the waivers. Oh, yeah. Slyly and then and then trade them. You cannot do that anymore. So the Braves can only, you know, waiver claims now. I mean, and they're pretty low on the priority list, right? If so, if you put a guy through waivers in the NL it goes in terms of reverse winning percentage. So the Braves will be the last team to get a crack at that guy. And if no team in the NL wants him, it goes to the AL team's reverse winning percentage. So there is a chance, Jade, that if an AL player gets put on outright waivers, that the Braves are the very last team who would get priority uh, on that player. So they're going to be rolling with the half here. All right, so that'll uh, wrap it up for our special trade deadline edition of the Braves Report. Uh, please tell your friends, tell your enemies, rate, review, follow, share, subscribe. You know what to do if you've been listening to us for a while. And uh, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know we'll be back with you every Monday or when major news breaks on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.